You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1097 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Tuesday and today's podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today's podcast is actually going to be myself and Robbie Calland of Diamond Uprocks, one of my colleagues and a friend of this podcast for a very, very long time. Robbie and I talked about the Western Conference over-unders on this podcast and also in the future, in the next day or so, the East will be coming out at the same time. So sort of a two-parter in some ways. This is part one, but we talked about every team in the West over under win totals and all that fun stuff coming up very very shortly. I also want to plug something. Uh, I've already done two podcasts on, on this on this same feed earlier this week. We dropped one on Sunday Sunday evening into Monday with sort of a roundup in advance of the opener, which is coming up on Thursday for the Atlanta Hawks. And then we had some emergency podcast news on Monday evening with Kevin Herter signing a four year extension with the Hawks worth sixty five million dollars. That was a headline grabbing event. In a lot of different ways. If you want my uh, earnest reaction to that, you can find it on the Lockdown Hawks podcast on this same feed in emergency fashion. Sort of a short one, but still there for you. Um, since then, the Hawks have announced that deal, and Travis Schlenk said um, in the release that it's important to the group to secure Kevin as part of the team moving forward. And quote, he has developed into a versatile two-way player who can fit any lineup and can play minutes all over the perimeter. We are excited about his future in Atlanta. End quote. So standard stuff there, um, but obviously a lot of excitement about Kevin Herter returning to the Hawks and uh, stuff to get into for the future for sure about how he might fit and his salary cap stuff. The Hawks have a lot of money committed now to their core with Trey Young locked up long term and John Collins locked up long term. Click Capella uh, still have the young guys under contract like Kongwu and Hunter and Reddish. You have Herter now making a bunch of money himself in addition to Bogdanovich and Gallinari, etc. So they have some money invested and they're trying to win now. And Herder, it's a good, it's a good contract. So my full thoughts are on that emergency podcast, but it's sort of a, a broad refresher on that one. And also the Hawks announced their final uh, opening night roster on Monday. The, the league announced their uh, sort of, they had to, every team had to have their roster in before the Monday evening deadline. So the only, not even a surprise, the only thing that's really notable about the roster when the Hawks announced it was that Timothy Lillard Cabrera is on the roster as we expected and talked about on Monday's podcast. He is on the roster. He's the 15th player, and they're also two two-ways. So they have 17 guys listed, 15 full roster guys, and the two two-ways, which are Skylar Mays and Shreve Cooper. Uh, and TLC is the only non-guaranteed guy on the roster. His guaranteed date is actually not until January 10th. So if they wanted to move on and create a roster spot without making a trade of any kind, he'd be the natural guy to move on from in the next couple of months if they wanted to do that. But I'm okay bringing him around. I like this move all, all together, and the roster is now set for the opener, which arrives on Thursday at home against Luka Doctorson and Dallas Mavericks. So plenty of stuff to get into between now and then, but a lot of content coming with myself and Robbie, as well as other things between now and the game on Thursday. And then post-game, we always have a podcast after each and every game, and that'll be a lot of fun to get into as well. All right, with all that news out of the way, we'll get to Robbie and myself talking about the West and the over-unders in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone who is not an elite athlete like me. You're just trying to make it through the day with tension-free activities. Theragun can help. 
Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. You, the, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun's also been awesome for me, uh, trying to relieve some tension from hovering over the, over the computer all day long and being stiff and all of that. It's been a godsend through that prism. And honestly, you should use it because I use it and uh, you absolutely should too to be relaxed and help you feel better. Theragun is also trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, Yonary Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers in addition to me. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. I'm joined now by a friend of the podcast. It's an annual tradition. People are asking for this. Robbie, I've gotten multiple requests. Robbie Callen is here of Uproxx Sports and Dime and formerly covering the Hawks and this podcast. Hello, sir. What's happening? We're almost there. We are almost there. Days uh, away. Yeah, we're, we're recording this Monday afternoon, so we're getting close uh, to basketball, and then the Hawks will be opening on Thursday. Um, but today's topic of conversation, at least on this part of the podcast, is going to be Western Conference over-unders. You know, every year, Robbie is gracious enough to join me to discuss the over-unders in both conferences. They grouped by conference because that otherwise it's a three-hour podcast. And uh, we'll talk about the West uh, on this episode. And you know, not gonna. We're gonna try famous last words to not go t- too long on this one, but uh, I'm sure we'll get down some rabbit holes as we all as we always do. Um, yes. But with all that said, we can start with the team that Hawks fans love. The Dallas mm-hmm. Mavericks is the first team alphabetically in the West. Dallas, uh, according to our friends, and by the way, all these numbers are courtesy of BetOnline.ag, a sponsor of this podcast. Uh, Dallas's number at BetOnline is 48. And a half wins and we are back to 82 games so uh the the former uh calculations are are now back in play yes um as always uh, for those who who might be listening to the wind total pod for the first time uh we give a pick for everybody we do not bet 30 over unders each year you should not bet 30 over unders each year um we'll tell you when it's a lean we'll tell you when it's a, a considered play uh this would be a lean this is just you know, I, I don't really want investment on this team because it's they're a good team that I think has about as much variance as any of the contenders in the West in terms of where I could realistically see their outcomes. I lean under because I think there's more more probability of things happening that lead them to go under. So can Chris Tapp stay healthy? Um how good can Chris Tapps be over the course of the entire season? Uh, like what's the point guard situation going to be, you know, in the regular season that matters maybe even more than in the playoffs where they can just give the ball to Luca and let him do his thing. You can't expect to put that much weight on Luca's shoulders every night um, and have him not wear down. So you're going to need more out of that point guard spot. And I'm not crazy about their point guard rotation. They also could just be really good. Like if Chris Epps can stay healthy, like he's been solid in the regular season. It's been the playoffs where particularly last year he had issues and that was health related. And also 
the whole like is Carlisle just marooning him in, on an island in the corner <laughs> and like giving Luca too much control, whatever. That's for Jason Kidd to figure out. I, I know the reason that people kind of, the, the reason people pick towards the overs, one, Luca's great. Um, and two, for all the questions about Jason Kidd, he's been really good in year one. He has always gotten a little bit more out of his teams in his first year in the regular season. Playoffs is a different animal. Year two, year three, especially different. But he does tend to get a lot out of teams. I still lean under just because I don't love their depth. Um, I have questions at the point guard spot. I have questions at the center spot. And th- that those are pretty important spots. Um but I mean, look, this this could be a top four team in the West if everything comes together and Luca's the MVP as he is the front runner to be. Yeah, I would stay off this as well. That I would not want to be on either side of this. Uh, just for the record, their point differential last year was about a forty-seven win team over eighty-two games. So you got to go over that a little bit by like at least two games. And sure, you have some progression from some guys, but I am not the biggest Porzingis guy by any means, and mm-hmm. they kind of need him to be good. And I just you know, even no matter what you think about Jason Kidd, like I I think it's pretty clear he's not as good as Rick Carlisle at his job. Um, So if you're, if you're going side by side there um, and I think a lot has to go right for them to win 49 or more games, you know, that certainly could happen though, which is why I'm not going to endorse a play on the under, but I, if you made me choose, I would lean under because this this I think this probably is like a, maybe a win too high for me. Like I think the number probably should be like 47 and a half and it's 48 and a half. So um, give me the under, but albeit slightly on Dallas. And uh, obviously Hawks fans will be rooting for them to get their first loss on Thursday. So That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to Denver. It's just actually a really interesting team. Uh, Denver, their over-under is actually sitting at 48 exactly at that line, and, but the mm-hmm. over is juiced to minus 130. So a little bit of, uh, little bit of juice on that, on that overside. But it's, it's a fascinating team because, you know, Denver at full strength, the number would be higher than this pretty clearly um, yeah. last last year they were 54 win team on point differential uh reigning mvp all that but you have the, the the giant jamal murray carrot of potentially being out for the season potentially being out for three quarters of the season that's kind of a guessing game and um you know they didn't do too too much to replace his production um you know they, they, dra- they drafted bones highland they brought in jeff green and lost paul Millsap. that's kind of all they did so it's yeah. a similar team but without jamal murray yeah, I mean, I just lean over because the Nuggets just know what they're doing. Jokic plays 78 games a season minimum. Like, he doesn't miss time. Like, and when you have Jokic on the floor, I, I know you're not the hugest MPJ guy, but, like, regular season-wise, that's a dude that's going to just oh, he, he fill will it score. up. As long as, as long as he's healthy. He's going like, to fill it up. Yeah. Well, he's, and he's been healthy the last year, so he's going to fill it up and he's going to kind of, I think the Jamal Murray thing is something I worry about more. That's a playoff issue. Like they were on, uh, they were on this pace without Jamal Murray last year after he went down. Um, like they won like two thirds of their games. Like they were, they can still win. I like Monty Morris. They get PJ Dozier back. Um I, I, they're just a good, solid, fairly deep team um, that obviously needs better health than they got last year at some key spots. I mean, there was a period where they didn't have a single point guard um, and had to go sign Austin Rivers off the street, and that worked out pretty well for them. Austin Rivers is back as kind of the third point guard. I, I just – like this is a team – Mike Malone's a really good coach. 
that it's a team that plays hard. It's a team that knows what it's doing and knows how to execute and knows how to play around all of their pieces. A, a full season, full off season for Aaron Gordon to figure out what he's doing. I just, I just think this, I think this is a solid over. I actually like this one enough to play. I don't love it at minus one thirty, but I, I like this one enough to play. I liked it a whole lot better when it was forty-seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, a month ago. Yeah, I mean, they won forty-seven games last year in a shortened season, um, and that's with uh, with some injury stuff along the way, as you referenced there. I, I would certainly lean over. I maybe don't love it as much as you, but. Uh, it's just, it, it's a lot of wins you have to get without, without Murray, but I'm also, honestly, I'm a, I'm lower on Murray as a regular season player than most people are. Sure. So like, it's obviously a huge loss for them. And, um, that's not me saying otherwise, but uh, I think if Jokic is healthy and he's kind of always healthy, um, they're going to win a lot of games because they're well coached and they have the top 10 player in the league. And, um, yeah, with relative health, I think you kind of need to lean over in that spot as well. So we're on the same page with that one. Um, the, the next one is golden state and golden state is really interesting. Uh, the number is 48 wins and uh, even juice on both sides at bound line. And the Warriors, while they had a good season last year, they were only slightly above um, 500 in terms of point differential. And even with the with some favorable luck in close games, they were not at this pace. And they, are, they should be a little bit better, you would think, on paper, provided that Clay actually comes back at some point. But they also mm-hmm. got like an all-time step season last year, uh, which is something yeah. that kind of scares me when you're talking about having to win 48-plus games and having a bunch of holes in your roster still. Yeah. Clay's not going to be back till January. Like, there was kind of some hope that it might be Christmas, and and Steve Kerr pretty much said hopefully January was the last thing that he said. So that's another maybe 10, 15 games without Clay, um, which is a lot. Um, it, it's a, it's a really interesting team. It's one that I, again, kind of like Dallas, I, I don't want anything to do with in terms of financial investment. I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. Um, their center rotation is a big old shrug because uh, James Wiseman, baby, we're back. You have James Wiseman coming back, but not for the start of the season. He's not going to no, be ready. He's out for a while. They have Looney and Looney is Pretty play, but yeah, um, Looney's fine, and they're going to play a lot of small ball. Dre and the Elitza. You can do center? some. <laughs> you can do some interesting things with like a Dre. I I, I really like the other Porter Jr. pickup for them, pending his health. Obviously, that has been the big question mark for three years now with Otto. Health and but shape, because like, he was very out of shape last year. He well. was very out of shape, but I think that gets fixed when he's on a better team. Yeah. Um, pretty easy to just say screw it and put on 20 pounds when you're on a team that nothing matters uh and that's kind of what happened with auto especially late in the season with orlando like who cared um but auto makes a lot of sense for what they need you can do some interesting things with like him and dre in the front court and I don't want to invest in anything. I think when I did the Vecini pod, I, I have it written down as the over. I don't know what that number was uh, exactly, but this is not a team that I want financial investment. I'm fascinated to see how they pan out, but kind of like Dallas, this is this is a squad that, especially until Clay gets back, pretty wide wide variance of outcomes. I could I could see if they can be. 500 when clay gets back i think they might smash this over 
Yeah, I mean, also what Clay looks like is a huge question. Sure. I mean, he hasn't played in two years. Yeah, because he hasn't played two years. He's had two horrific injuries. Yeah, you assume he'll be good because he can just shoot. But regardless, like, right? I, I don't want to say it again, but like, they they really Steph was so good last year, like preposterously so, to where and also healthy. Like they they really desperately have to have Steph play seventy five games. Um, if they don't, it's going to be tough. I mean, Jordan Poole, uh, I, I, I'm enjoying the Jordan Poole renaissance as a Michigan guy, but yeah. they they are very top-heavy. Um, they have some guys that you like, but they're reliant on young guys. You know, Wiseman's going to play, and when he played last year, he killed them in a lot of ways. Um, same with, like, I assume they're going to try to play Kaminga and Moody at some point. Those guys are rookies, and I think Moody might be okay, but Kaminga's probably going to hurt them early on. And they're in this weird in-between zone. You know, I guess Wiggins is now playing. That's good news for them. But uh, this it's, it's a roster that can't afford injuries to one guy for sure. And even Draymond, they kind of they have to have be good and, and locked in. So I, I would lean under just because of the uncertainty. I have a harder time seeing them go to 52 than 44. Like if you want to go to the four wins over and under, over under test. But I wouldn't touch this point. I wouldn't touch this because if, if it all goes well, uh, mm-hmm. certainly um, if Steph does what he did last year and they're able to just not get uh, housed by Wiseman and, and friends, it, 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 they'll, they'll be pretty good, you can imagine. Yep. Um, all right, let's move on from there to the Houston Rockets on the other <sighs> side of the spectrum here. <laughs> the Rockets are uh, not going to be good this year, but over-under is 26 and a half. Last year's data, um, even with that bizarre, like they were like 10 and 10 and they finished 17 and 55, like they completely cratered. Um, they were a 21 win team point differential wise last year. And I don't know why they're supposed to be better. Um, but also the number is so low at 26 and a half that I get the temptation to maybe go over, but I mean, they did a lot of stuff, just not a lot of stuff to try to win. I mean, you draft Jalen green and Sangoon and Garuba and Josh Christopher, you bring in Daniel Tice on kind of a strange deal, although he's pretty good. Um, and then you lose a Linux who was actually quite good for them, but I have no idea what to make of this. I'll be honest. Under. Yeah, under, I, wouldn't under, mind, under. I wouldn't mind the default there just because uh, they're, they're going to they're be bad. They're so young. They're so young. They're going to play all their young guys. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if anyone over the age of 26 is in legit trade talks. That includes Christian Wood. Um, I, I, they just, they're going to want to play those young guys. They have four first round picks and three of them, they're just going to want to know what they have. Right, like Shangun, Garuba, and Christopher, you're just gonna kind of see what you got in them, and then you've got, you know, Jalen Green and um, Kevin Porter Jr. are gonna get a lot of shots up. Some of them will go in. Um, yeah, I mean, as, as good as I, you know, Green looked great in summer league. I think everybody's excited about him. He's not likely to be a, a, a positive impact player as a rookie because no, he's going to shoot a lot. And you know, it's obviously a, a, an old favorite of ours. But even right. you know, a, a positive success story was Anthony Edwards last season. Um, in the first half of the year, he was one of the worst players terrible. in the league. Like, he was terrible. In terms of he impact. just got better. But, you, but that's, the, that's the model, right? That's the let them play through it. Right. Like, and they might just be like truly awful. Um, and there's just not, there's not depth. There's not, they also probably want anything. to lose slate too. Like if they actually, right. Are they're as not as trying think, to not, they're, they're not trying to win. Yeah. Also somebody in the West has to lose a ton of games this year. Like uh, there's a couple teams in the West, OKC, OKC and Houston, Houston 
<laughs> are the ones and, I think. And I think and I think there's one other team that's going to have to lose more games than they think they will. I agree by like a significant number. I think there's a couple couple candidates out there, and we'll get to them later. But I I just there's just not wins to be had. I think the top 20 teams in the league, 22 teams in the league right now. It, that floor of those teams is a lot higher than where it is a lot of times. And I just think the bad teams are just going to get rocked a lot. And yeah. I think Houston falls into that, that category. I wouldn't be surprised if they come in four games under this. Oh no. I mean, if they won in the teens, I wouldn't be shocked. That's how, that's right. how ugly this might get. So yeah, I certainly would lean and maybe even, beyond lean to the under here it's it is juiced to the under i bet online right now at minus 125 which uh, makes it a little bit less appetizing to me but at the same time i if, there's only one way to go i would not take the over flat out uh go the under on that one uh we, we go to la now where there are better teams the first one is the clippers and this is i don't know about you this is for me a full-blown stay away oh because we just cannot get any information on Kawhi leonard they're never going to share any information on Kawhi leonard and it, that's basically the whole thing like yeah. I'm not saying that you can't make a prediction or have a feel. And I think that honestly, the Clippers are probably better without Kawhi in my view than people might think that they, that they will be. Yes. But it's still like hard to take it over without knowing what Kawhi is going to happen. And it's hard to take it under because if Kawhi comes back in like February, uh, there's suddenly a 55 one team. And it's like, all right, I'm not really sure what to right. do here. Uh, yeah, I, I want nothing to do with this. I lean over because the Clippers are just a really good basketball team. I mean, this team that made the conference finals and took out the Jazz without Kawhi and pushed the Suns to six games. Like this is this is a really good basketball team. Still, they could win forty eight games. Oh yeah, without easily. Kawhi and Paul like, George that is a would star. not surprise me. And like, Paul, they, they like, still Paul have a George star on the team. Really good. Um, they have built depth at the wing to kind of handle like. The thing for me is like you already go into every season expecting that Kawhi is going to miss 20 games. So that's the thing for me that like when I look at this number, I go, look, like you're obviously afraid that Kawhi misses time, but like you go into every season knowing Kawhi is playing 62 to 68 games because he's just going to sit out back to backs. He's going to load manage. He's going to do all of this. They're built to play games without Kawhi. They are as used to that as any team that could miss a guy that talented, you know, like the Lakers don't know what the hell to do when LeBron James is not on the floor. No clue. <laughs> they never None. Have. Never have. None. Because they are built around that. The Clippers are the opposite. The Clippers are built to withstand 20 games without Kawhi. It's why they signed Kennard and Marcus Morris to $48 million deals or whatever it was, 60, whatever. They got a lot of money. Kennard's making a lot of money. Uh, yes. They, they, they gave those guys a lot of money, not because they're like, yeah, man, like we're probably going to need these guys a ton in the playoffs. You need one of them, and it's been Morris. But you sign those guys because you know we got to get to the playoffs, and they are built to get through the regular season while their guys miss time. And I think the other thing that we're going to see this year, Paul George sat a lot doing the kind of on off stuff with Kawhi. I think he just plays more. I think he, he's, he, he hasn't shown any ill effects of the shoulder stuff in about a year and a half. 
So if they feel like they can play him 72 games, 70 games, like they're just a team that's, that's built to win. Even without Kawhi, I would definitely not take the under. Um, I understand trepidation about the over, but like, I definitely lean closer to actually playing this um, than anything. Like I, I understand the, the fear and like, it's the reason I'm not going to actually play it, but I, I do feel pretty good about the over just because I think this number is a touch low. Yeah. It's a, it's a, modest number for what they have on the roster. Is, it's just honestly it's kind of about how they approach it to you know Ty Lue is uh, I'm not sure the best regular season coach in the world like he he's, he's really good at like adjustments and things adjustments in a series yeah is he gonna is he gonna just like you know drive them hard for, for 82 games I don't know we'll see but uh yeah yeah I'm, I'm kind of with you though I think if you made me choose I would, I would also lean over I just don't want to get involved really at all on that one um all right. The other LA team is, of course, the Lakers. I was uh, refreshed to know that the juices at the under uh, a bit online. It used to be that the Lakers, you could just, the Lakers and the Knicks, you could just set your watch by the numbers being, you know, way too high and people mm-hmm. betting them over. Um, I think the market's gotten a little bit, a little bit smarter in, in recent days, but the Lakers, 50, 52 and a half. That is a lot of wins. Um, mm-hmm. They were a 48 win team last year by point differential even with the injuries and they had a lot of them um, they played without yes. AD and LeBron for a while. And as you just said a minute ago, they've kind of always been clueless without LeBron. Um, the big dynamic of course is uh, Russell Westbrook is now on this team. And mm-hmm. I was laughing. I, I had this bookmark of all the player movement stuff from this off season of guys who were added and lost. And the, the lost player list for the Lakers is like a full screen of people. Like they just changed their entire roster. So who knows? Yeah. Um, I lean over because I, I think they're going to be really good. If AD and, and AD coming off a full off season, I think is going to look more like 2019, 20 Anthony Davis than last year's Anthony Davis, where he was coming off a two month off season. AD's already a guy that always kind of picks up knocks throughout the regular season. Um, and misses time, like little, like t- time in games. Um, questionable to return is like his middle name at some points in the regular season spoken as someone who said um, read, read, read a lot of uh, posts about AD awful a lot of anthony davis to the locker room posts yeah and then questionable to return i'm familiar um picks up a lot of little knocks just the way he plays i think it's gonna be a little bit more comfortable for him this year with their front court rotation He's played with Dwight. He's comfortable with Dwight. I don't think there was ever any comfort. Like, it's as weird as it is how bad Dwight was in Philly. And Hawks fans know this having played oh, that I mean, team in the playoffs. I, I did a rant about it every night for two weeks about how bad he was in that he series. Was, he, yeah. was, he was a significant reason the Sixers lost that series. He was um, He's unplayable. <laughs> However, he knows what he's supposed to do with the Lakers. He's not supposed to come in and try to be – like replace what Joel Embiid was doing, which seemed to be what he thought he was supposed to do in Philly. He knows what he's supposed to do with the Lakers. I actually trust him to kind of get back to looking like he did. Wow, Dwight and trust in the same sense. You're a bigger weird, man. bizarre, but there, but I understand. I, you know, <laughs> there's plenty of questions beyond that with the center rotation. There's, I mean, the, know, like, the whole perimeter, like with Ariza. Ariza's already hurt. Who the hell knows? Ariza's uh, hurt. Everybody's THT's old. already hurt. Uh, the backcourt, like. Good. Who's, who's going to play? I don't know. I mean, we, this is not Rondo, like podcast, but... Rondo, is Rondo actually cooked or can he do the same thing? I, I mean, if, Dwight uh, might be able to do like, 
I, I watched Toronto up close and personal last he's, year, and I have a hard time seeing it. But. Absolutely terrible, but who knows? Playing with LeBron does things to people. Um, I don't know. Like, I just – if LeBron – if you told me LeBron and AD were going to each play 70 games, it's over for me. I, I agree with you, even with my Russ skepticism. Uh, I think if they use sure. Russ well, correctly and use Russ as a floor raiser when LeBron's off the court – yes. Um, that will help them. Uh, the, the the problem is the minutes that you have to use with Russ and LeBron and, and AD LeBron on the court is, is is a question. And now That's, you have one of those guys spotting up, which is not what you want necessarily. So I, I agree, but like like you said, like Russ has always made teams better in the regular season. He plays hard. He plays really hard, and that's going to help a Lakers team that sometimes just doesn't give a damn. Like that, that actually makes like that's one of those things if you're looking for a reason to actually feel kind of optimistic about them in the regular season it's weird this is a year where i feel like there's more questions about the lakers for the playoffs in the regular season last year was the opposite and then they got all hurt and it didn't matter come playoff time and they signed andre drummond for reasons passing understanding but (laughs) as they're constructed i think there's all there's aside from health I can see how they can just win in the regular season, but I can also see how there are crunch time lineup issues for when it matters the most against the best teams. Absolutely. Uh, But I think, I mean, basically it sounds like we're both leaning over in part just because of how good their stars are. And I kind of agree. Very good. LeBron is really good. So if those guys are healthy, uh, healthy ish, even I, I like the over there, if you made me choose, but I would stay away. Before we get to the rest of the teams in the West, a quick word here from our sponsors on the podcast today. Bet Online is back and better than ever, and all eyes are on the gridiron this season as teams are back for another football season all across the country. And as always, Bet Online is your favorite and number one spot for all of your professional and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website right now, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with BetOnline. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. And one more time, it is 50% on a welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON in their portal. From football, basketball, boxing, golf, tennis, UFC, baseball, your favorite casino games, and much, much more, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season with BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, Bet online where the game starts. Have you ever gone to a chain store looking for auto parts that fit your car? Is it maddening? Because it is for me. I know it has been in the past and it will be if I ever try that again. But frankly, I don't ever need to do that again because of rockauto.com. Rock Auto has been serving auto parts customers for 20 years at this point in time. And you could save time and money when you use Rock Auto. They have all kinds of auto parts that will fit your lifestyle, fit your preferences, and the best part is you don't have to endure the pointless questioning from someone behind the counter who's only looking to sell you the one part or one kind of part that they have in their warehouse. RockAuto.com has everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And honestly, the prices are always reliably low for every customer and they really serve the do-it-yourselfer very, very effectively. You can go explore their website right now. It's very easy to use. You can find a solution to your auto parts needs in one place. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And from there, you want to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, Robert, let's go to the Memphis Grizzlies, who uh, just locked up Jaron Jackson Jr. as we uh, earlier today, as we're talking. 
Um, the number for Memphis is 41 and a half. Uh, I may be wrong on this. Uh, I'm kind of a Memphis skeptic overall right now. I just don't really know what the plan is for the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Steven Adams thing, uh, it's kind of strange. Like I think they actually relied on Valanciunas quite a bit last season. Uh, John you can argue he was their best player. Yeah, I mean, John, Mar- John Morant's very good, um, but certainly, um, you know, Jaw's not a proven offensive you know, dominating engine at this point. Like he's still, is still getting there and the shooting is a question, all that stuff. So 41 and a half wins, it's juiced to the over. I, I don't know. I'm not, I can't even say why, but I kind of lean under here. And I, I think it's just because I don't know if they're any better. I mean, they're baking a lot on, on internal improvement. That's for sure. I'm taking the under. I like right, the, there it. It's not even a lean. I like it, especially at plus 100. Yes, please. Yeah, I'm kind and, of weirded out the by reasons, there being juice on the over. I don't know. Well, and and so I think it's one of those things where you look at and then for one, I don't think the the general fan probably is like, yeah, Jaws back, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s back. They bring pretty much everybody back. Valanchunas for Steven Adams. Like, if you didn't watch a ton of Grizzlies games, you didn't, like you said, realize how much they leaned on JV to be a big catalyst for their offense. And this is a team that can get really stuck in the mud offensively. Um, and just not being able to have that dump off where you just go, all right, it's eight seconds on the clock. Just give it the JV in the post and he's going to get himself a decent look because he's one of the best post offensive players in the league. Like he's on like probably the tier below the Embiid's, but he's like that good as that next tier down that's a real thing for them to have to overcome. Um, I, I just, I think they made moves this off season that weren't the moves of a team that wants to take the next step right away. Oh, very clearly. They're definitely, honestly, they are future facing. It's kind of refreshing in some ways because <laughs> they're like, all right, well, we're not that good right now. And let's look for the future. Not- yeah, um, and and I don't think everybody has kind of caught up to that because they weren't. It wasn't involving any of their really big players, right? Aside from JV, like it wasn't involving Ja or or Dylan Brooks or or Jaron Jackson Jr. And one, until I see it, like I can't believe Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to play seventy games. Well, that's the thing, honestly. If you like the over on Memphis, I think it's probably because you just believe in Jaron, and I like Jaron a lot coming out of the draft. He's a really good player. He's a good player. He can really shoot from deep and all that stuff, but like he hasn't been able to prove that he can stay on the floor and he's kind of bad defensively, which is honestly shocking to me after, after college and draft stuff yeah, that I did, but I agree. he's a bad defensive player right now. So like that combination plus going from Valanciunas to Adams, like could help their defense, but it really hurts their offense. Like JV is very well, good. JV was really good defensively too. Yeah. He so was, he was really, uh, he, he kept it together for them defensively. You kind of have to have a jump, a jump from Jaw and or Jaron to get there, and that could happen. But and I, you have to have Dylan Brooks continue to be kind of out of he was out of his mind at points last year. Like, he he likes I, to, he likes to shoot. I'll tell you that he do, he is he is a connoisseur of the jump shot. <laughs> He's not shy about shooting. Um, I, I just like I like a lot of their guys, but they're a young team that I just. I think they're going to be close to the, they they might get close to this number, but I just, if you're asking me if they're better than a 500 team, I don't think they are. 
yeah i mean they could they could go over it wouldn't like stun me but i uh i do like but if the, the other thing is if they go over i feel like it's by one or two games and like i could also see them coming in under by six yeah i mean what what's the pathway to memphis winning 48 games this year no, i don't really I don't, see i don't i don't see it. and they're obviously not going to make a move in the middle of the season that's win now because they, that's the other thing because they are not they know they know at least they would not i mean the the jv move was a perfect example of this but Zaire Williams draft pick, like they're not yeah. going for now. They're definitely looking no. down the line. Like also no, Zaire's gonna see be bad they... <laughs> when he plays yeah. this year. I mean, and uh, so I just yeah, it's a lot. I don't so I'm, I don't I'm think they it's a it's a lot of wins in the West. Like we yes. said, there's gotta be teams that lose lose in the West. There's just there just have to be some teams that lose I and have agree. losing records. And I think Memphis is gonna be one of them, even if it's 38 and 44 yeah they're not bad the 10 seed like i think they they probably make they're they're a play-in team probably but i just don't think they're they're that you could be you could be a play-in contender and finish 40 and 42 like that's not you know that's that's perfectly within the realm of uh, projections there um yeah one of the teams that i'm actually fascinated by actually these next two i'm pretty fascinated by uh minnesota is currently over under 35 wins and uh, John Krasinski, who covers the Wolves and has for a long time at the Athletic, has always kind of come back to this on multiple occasions. Like something always goes wrong with Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And they're also this is a number that's like ten wins above where their numbers were last year in terms of their real life metrics. Now, obviously, they had all kinds of injury stuff, and Cat didn't play a ton, and everyone was a rookie, and all that. But uh, I, I mean, that's a, diff- a different coach. They were better under Finch, but they were actually kind of bad defensively under Finch and quietly I heard people talk about this but their defense is still going to be pretty terrible I think Mm -hmm. um, just because of the players that they have so 35 is like it struck me as high when I saw this number I got to be honest I get it because because it's because of the talent and with cat back I can I can see them going over this but um given the wolves stuff goes wrong corollary I kind of I kind of lean under on this one it just seems high to me I lean under as well. It's not a play. I got, I mean, well, I'm like public enemy number one of Wolves fans right now. I, I noticed that from your, uh, what I was say from your visit with Sam. The Cini, people, uh, they were, uh, there were a lot of victory laps after like preseason wins, which I, <laughs> which I was like, listen, like, can like maybe at least wait. It's happening like, before too. Off, yeah. It's not fun. Maybe they start off like six and three and then like come dunk on me in the mentions, but and like they're they're mad because I said there's just bad vibes around this organization. And I I even said I, I love Ant. Like they have positive guys in the locker room. Ant, Carl Anthony Towns. They've they fired the GM in September. They f- for having an affair. <laughs> like, and for cultivating and for, for having a culture where employees kind of hated coming to work. Like, I'm sorry. That's bad vibes. They are trying to turn that around. It's very clear. And it seems like this locker room has come together and maybe that's what it takes. But we literally, I literally did the Bassini pod the day that happened. So yeah, it's not exactly ringing any, you know, and Carlin Towns is just tweeting WTF. And then he's doing entire press conferences where he's like, yeah, there's never been stability. And like, I, I was hoping that would be this year, but sure doesn't look like it. And it's like, well, Sorry that I'm not super high on on the team. Um, they have talent. That's, that, that's the thing. They, they have the, talent. The pro case, they have talent. They, and they, do. they have talent and questionable depth. Beyond well, that. yeah. I mean, this is the same story as last year, but 
they don't have a lot at the forward spots. Uh, you know, you could be the biggest. They haven't had a power forward since Kevin Love. Like McDaniels can play. Um, Jared Vanderbilt's okay. Um, yeah, but he might start. Right. I mean, they don't have a starting power forward. Uh, and old, old pal Torian Prince is there. Uh, Torian's not going to help their defense. I can say that with, no. a, with confidence. Uh, even no. if he gets back up, sort of a bounce back on, on offense, he might help them a little bit. Patrick Beverly replacing Ricky Rubio. Which is probably an upgrade given what Rubio was last year, but like who knows what Pat Bev does in the regular season? Is he going to be healthy? He kind of right. always gets hurt. Is he going to get and is he going to just get traded? They have old old pal Nathan Knight, uh, Hawks legend. Nathan Knight's on this yeah, team. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of Hawks, a lot of Hawks, Hawks crossover stuff. Legends but, over here. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, there's a way that this goes over if Cat yes. is Cat again. Like if Cat's well, the Cat from three years ago, then they I can see it. But we'll, we'll see. Well, and the thing is, it's like like I think Cat's a top. 15 20 guy in the league like he's special he's the best shooting center in league history like he's outrageous however I, the, the defense is a serious question it's bad think, the roster is bad defensively it just is and i think i think 35 wins is that's a lot in the west like, i mean they, they were, they're they just, were they are just in that that maybe third tier in the west at the very bottom of it I, like I agree. I mean, you have your playoff teams. Then you have your like play in contenders and they're not the highest on that list for me. So like, no, I want to like this team. And there's some smart people that love the over. Vecini loves it. Matt Moore loves it. There's a bunch of people that love it, but like, I'm just telling you, I would not invest my hard earned money <laughs> in the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Timberwolves franchise. Well, it just, okay. just, in, just in expecting positivity from this franchise until they show it. That was all I was trying to tell Sam. Even if you go beyond that. Don't put your hard-earned money on them. Even if you like. I hope they do go, well. I really do. Agreed. I'm going to have family there. I have family that have tickets. Because I'm and... not, I'm not going to bet the under. I'm not like put, I'm not betting against. It. I'm just saying I would lean under and would not bet the over. Even if you wanted a non-vibes argument, this I have one sure. for you. And it's that they were 27th in defense last year, cleaning the glass. Not and, great. And, and that's with Cat, uh, who doesn't help your defense, not playing a lot. And D'Angelo Russell, who is bad defensively, not playing a lot. And, and Ricky like, Rubio, who theoretically can help I, I think that I think their talent is actually maybe worse defensively this year. And they were bottom five last year. So that's, that's, that's the thing for me. Like, they might be really good on offense. There's a path to them being good on offense, given both their, what their talent level is at, uh, at multiple spots. But I don't see it defensively. So, all right, we can leave it there. To the other, the other kind of weird mess, and that is the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, over oh, under, over under thirty-eight for the New Orleans is Pelicans. Thirty-eight now. At uh, the, the under is juiced, but over under is thirty-eight. Jesus Christ! This was thirty-nine and a half. Well, the Zion injury, you have to assume, is uh, responsible oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah, for that yeah, for that downtick because he's not going to play for a little bit here, and they're not being very transparent. But at the very least, everyone covering that team thinks he's not going to play in the opener. So. We'll see what happens. He, he wasn't running as of like a few days ago. That's not good for someone of, uh, of Zion's stature, both uh, in terms of organizationally and also physically. Um, and this is a weird team anyway. Even if Zion was healthy, I don't know how much I like the, what the Pelicans did in the offseason. Like they got better in a few spots. Like JV, we talked about earlier, was great for Memphis. He's now on this team. But they go from Lonzo Ball to Devontae Graham, which I think is probably a downgrade. Um, you bring in some vets like Sadoransky and Garrett Temple to help you. And I, I do like Trey Murphy, but this team is kind of, I'm not, I'm just not sure they're better than they were a year ago on paper. And on paper last year, 
they were a team that was like a 39 win team and that's with Zion being healthy and awesome. Yeah, this is just, this is a firm under for me. I actually like it. Uh, as a play, I do not think they are a very good basketball team. I mean, they're probably not. Okay. The thing is Zion was so, so, so good last mm-hmm. season and he was pretty healthy and he's, they still went 31 and 41 with Zion being like the guy that he was supposed to be. Now, defensively, he's kind of bad still, but sure. he was so efficient and so good he offensively. One of like, the best, he, was a, he was a top five scorer in the league. And they can't – I mean, we don't know how long he's going to be out. So that's, that's the big caveat. But if he misses the first month, like mm-hmm. they're going to have a, a lot of trouble with this number. Um, just because – Because they're not good defensively, and then they're not going to be scoring the way that they would like. Valanciunas yeah. will help. Yeah, he's a good player. So will Brandon help. Ingram he's a really good player. We just talked about that. Brandon Ingram. But, like, uh, they downgraded going from Lonzo Ball to Devontae Graham. I think that's... Yeah, I mean, Devont- Devontae uh, is a really good movement shooter, and that's kind of always... It's kind of always... I mean, he's a pretty good passer, right. too, but defensively, yeah. it's a huge downgrade. That's for sure. Yeah, so... I, I just think this is under. Like, like we're talking about who's going to lose in the West. This team, I would put them... I would have had their number closer to Minnesota's. There, there is some disaster potential. Now, you can make the positive case for New Orleans if Zion gets healthy and quick. But sure. the downside potential with New Orleans, particularly when you factor yeah. in Zion's health, like not knowing anything about it right now, if Zion plays 40 games, do they win? I mean, I, I would take, I would run to the, I would run to bet the under if you could tell me he plays 60 or less. Um, I think at yeah. this point that's a pr- not a safe bet, but if I if you a, ask me how many real, games, it's a re- very play. very real possibility. Yeah. Well, between just, the thing is like they're gonna be careful with him too. Like beyond the injury, sure. they know he's not had the best record of staying healthy in general, and he's got the weight stuff and, and all that. A, like, and it's a foot injury. Yeah, it's not that's not great. No, we don't we don't like that. In this house, we, we take the under on the Pelicans. Um, so we we, we can leave that one there. Uh, that one's. The Pelicans are a mess, and hopefully Zion gets healthy because we all like watching him play. But yeah, yes, no fun. Um, this one goes back to our our, uh, our Houston discussion earlier. Oklahoma City Thunder going to be dreadful. Uh, over under of twenty three, and the under is juiced fairly heavily. Uh, I will say, uh, yeah, this is maybe my favorite play of the entire bunch on the under. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, they they Amen. actually got quite lucky to win twenty two games. Um, they had a point differential of a 16 win team over 82 uh-huh. last year, 16, and they yeah. might be worse. Yeah. I mean, Shea's there and Shea was really good last year, Shea but is sensational. the rest of the roster, they, they, they you, you, you go Derek favors in the Al Horford spot who I know they shut Al down, but Al played for them for half a season uh, and was helping them in some respects. Uh, you bring in Josh Giddy, who I like, but is going to be bad as a rookie. And he's going to play a lot. Um, they, they just don't have anyone outside of Shea. And you know, I mean, obviously like Lou Dort's a solid player and they have some building blocks, like secondary building blocks, but they're going to play a lot of bad players is why I think that the Thunder, plus they're not going to try to win. I mean, that's, that's not, a, not a secret, but they're not trying to win right now, very obviously. So anytime you have a number and, you know, if, it, if this is close late, they're going to be trying to lose for all of April. So under strongly. Yeah. And they were, 
Like their their tank effort last year in the second half of the season was they're, truly astonishing. They're shameless. I mean, that, that's that's another reason why they I like the under. They don't care at all. Everyone down. If you were a positive, you got shut down. Um, they were shutting down guys lot. who were like their like their tenth man. Like Moses Brown Dude. was shut down at one point for, like, <laughs> for that one season. Like if you if you had three good games in a row, it was time for you to sit. I like a lot of the. I like a number of the young guys on their team. You mentioned Shea. I, I think we are both uh, intrigued and like Josh Giddy as a prospect. He's not a winning player yet. Um, Lou Dort. He is a winning player. Love Lou Dort, but can't do it alone. He cannot defend all five guys. As hard as he may try. Love Lou Dort. Hope he continues to take steps. Kenrich? The people love Kenrich. He should not be like a, a starter necessarily. But, yeah, I mean, this is just a roster that uh, I think uh, Hawk, Hawk legend Charlie Brown's there? Uh, he was, if he's not already. I think he's still there. I want to say that's true. I think he's there. I think he's there. Um, no, which is not a great sign for your roster. They're going to be really bad. Think about I mean, the, think about. Think about the Hawks teams that, that Chaz Brown was on. Well, okay. To put it in Hawks terms from the rebuild, like it got pretty dark during the rebuild. Uh, it was pretty sure bad did. at times. That sure every single Hawks team in the rebuild was notably better than the one that Oklahoma City is going to be playing this year. Um, That's correct. In terms of like having real NBA players on the roster. And again, yeah, beyond Shea's, like Shea's awesome. Yeah, they have, they have three or four guys that are NBA rotation players. And then you're filling it in beyond that. Maybe, maybe Poku's awesome this year and like makes us look silly. But this is a roster that I, uh, you know, it's hard to overemphasize how bad it is um, at the moment. So um, going back to a good team as we sort of hit the stretch run here, uh, Phoenix, obviously a team that was uh, formerly close to your heart as you used to be an Arizona resident until very recently. That's right. Um, That's right. But uh, Phoenix was very good last year. As we all know, they made the finals. They won 51 games in a 72 game season. They, didn't really outperform a point differential either. They were just legitimately a 55-ish win team. And this year, the number is 51 and a half on the Suns. And they they lost some supporting guys. Like they lost Jalen Carter and Torrey Craig. Um, Dario Sarge is hurt. That definitely hurts them. But they bring in JaVale. Um, they bring in Landry Shamit. They're, they're, mm-hmm. I think they're as good on paper as they were a year ago. And this is a number that's like four or five wins below where they were. So it's basically like, do they stay healthy again? Because last year they were very, very healthy. Um, they but they're also really good. Yeah, I like the over. I don't know if I'm like locking it up because, like you said, like health is a bit of a spook, but this is a really good basketball team. They're really good defensively. They're very good offensively. They have very few holes. They have a lot of depth. Like you mentioned, those guys that they lost, like you're talking about 10th, 11th guys that are gone. I think switching JaVale in for Dario actually probably is a help because after Dario started really hot last yeah, year, he won them some it games wasn't early great on. The, it wasn't yeah. great in the second half. I think long-term and also just for a, from a like continuity standpoint, like JaVale's a much, you know, similar role to what Aiton does. And so I, you don't have to completely change to playing small ball. Agreed. Um, 
And I think that can help a team like them in the regular season, especially because you don't have to, you know, kind of rework exactly like your, all your reads and everything. I, I mean, this is just, and last year they were a pretty new team to each other um, with a lot of their key pieces coming in, you know, it, from the off season. I, I think there's a little more continuity. I think there's, you know, some, some belief that, that they can do it. I don't think, I think they are a grounded enough team to feel like they just have to do what they did and they don't have to press to get there because, you know, they're one of the, I, I think this, this is, we'll get to it when we do the East with the Hawks, but the same feeling about, about Phoenix where going as far as they did eases the regular season pressure. Yeah. Because you go, we know when we get there, we can do something. It It's no longer, we've got to get to the playoffs. And I think we saw, especially early with Atlanta last year, obviously there was, there was plenty of other stuff, but I think as much as anything, some of that pressure of we're going to make the playoffs this year resulted in some late game meltdowns. That's not going to happen this year in Atlanta. And I, I think Phoenix, which which never really seemed to have that, um, will have even less pressure come regular season time. I have no idea. They're like doing like parking lot work outside my apartment. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you if there's like a, like, yeah, trucks like, a, rolling like, a through. like a flying, Tank, like, like a yeah, show tanks going are, on outside. Tanks, um, are, tanks are rolling through my apartment right now. <laughs> Occupied Chattanooga. Chattanooga. I was going to say, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're moving through uh, two hours north of where I am. Um, all right, that's that's good on Phoenix. I, I like the over as well. Uh, if I had to choose something on the Suns, the only caveat I would give is that um, maybe they don't push quite as hard this year, um, sure. which is kind of what you got into there. But uh, I think that number is low enough. But like, I do think they know how well they played at home last year in the playoffs, and oh yeah. I do think they want home court. Like I don't, I don't think that changes. I think they know if they are going to play Lakers, Utah. These like they want home court, so I I actually would kind of disagree with that. I think they they will push down the stretch. I mean, they probably should. Uh, the the only the only reason why I'm even thinking about it is just because of like maybe the other side sets in of we don't need to win that much because we have done this before. And also, th- here's the thing. I, I know I mentioned health. Chris Paul Chris Paul had played seventy of seventy two games last year. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of games for Chris Paul. <laughs> Yeah. I love Chris Paul uh, unconditionally, but uh, just something to note. I'm not sure he's going to do that again. But anyway, I, we still like the over, and that was uh, that's our official recommendation at this point. Um, next on the list is Portland, and it does seem like Portland is like having a tax built in on Dame being traded because otherwise, I don't know why their number is 44 and a half, and that's where their number is because Portland yeah. every year. Uh, I'm guilty of this too. I'm always I feel like I'm always lower on Portland, and they always beat me. Um, it's just to the over, but 44 and a half after last season where they won at a 47 win clip. I don't really know why their number is lower. Like their defense should be better after not having. I, they have, they, yeah. I, Larry Nance is I there. Larry is good. I don't. Larry Nance is good, but they have been a. It's preseason, but they have looked. Not good. Yes. Uh, also, they have, they have Tony Snell on the roster. Which is uh, Hawk Legend three point three point hero. Tony hasn't missed a free throw in two years, so there's that. Um, no, I'm I'm honestly every single year I am skeptical of Portland, and 
almost every single year I'm wrong. Uh, and this year, maybe they're converting me, but I'm, it's not that I'm super high on them. I just feel like this number struck me as being a bit low just because I think they're better on paper than they were last year. And last year they were better than this number. So it's not always that simple by any means. And yeah, if Dan gets, if Dan gets upset and, want, and wants out midseason, you're, you're obviously just kind of dead, dead to rights on the over. But I kind of like the over. I have all my card written down a lean under, not a. Oh, good. A disagreement, a rare one, a rare one from us. I it's just, fun. I don't, I, I, the funny thing is, this is honestly, we disagree on Portland a lot um, because I'm usually on the, they play hard, they win games thing while also, you're uh, a, a coaching change this year too, with no terrorist stops. That, 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 that does matter as, because I'm not sure what chance is going to be. He might be fine. But yep. Terry Stotts, we kind of knew was solid-ish, at least. We don't know about we don't know that about Chauncey at this moment. It's kind of like the Jason Kidd thing. Like Kidd is obviously more proven, maybe in a, a negative way than Billups. But Terry Stotts had earned his reputation of being like a solid, like middle of the pack coach. Um, yes. Billups could be worse than that. I don't know. We'll see. Possible. Um, I I just. I don't know. It's just not a, again, this is a lean. I don't want any investment in that team because you don't know what they're going to do, but that's what I had written down from well before the preseason and the preseason has, had, <laughs> has driven it home has for you done nothing to dissuade me. I I'm look, I, trust me on paper. I get it. Cause you have Robert Covington, you have Larry Nance. You theoretically have two really solid kind of connecting defenders, but that I, I still have issues with their center rotation. I hope they're going to Cody play Z- Cody, Zeller, Cody Zeller can help when he plays in his 40 games that he's healthy for. He's fine. And, and, Nur- and Nurk, is, Nurk is pretty good. And, and Nurk's yeah, I, Nurk. I don't know. It's – I just – I'm not actually – I don't okay. know. It would, nothing would surprise – again, this they're lower on the totem pole, but similar to Dallas in that if they won 48 games, I wouldn't be shocked – if they won 38 and were the 10 seed, wouldn't be shocked. Okay. Um, yeah, I just lean under, don't love anything, don't bet on Portland. I lean over. I also would not bet it um, in part because of the over being juiced at minus 135. I am not also that strongly gross. about that. No, also, thank you. That's gross. Um, all right. Going, we'll go to Sacramento now. Um, the Kings um, are a team that I just can't ever buy in on, honestly. No. Uh, the they're, numbers, in the, they're in the Timberwolves zone, man. They kind of are. The number is 36 and a half. Um, no. Last year, they were not as good as that. Um, no. And I think there's a lot, there's a little bit of buzz right now on like Davion Mitchell and the next step for Tyrese Halliburton. I do. I do. I and, do. Listen, if there's a fade the public stance to be built out of taking the Kings under, sign me up. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. They also lost. I mean, honestly, this is this is a, this is a Hawks tie on on the Hawks podcast. Uh, they lost Delon Wright, who like is good, and Delon Wright is not was not like a primary piece for them, but he played a lot of minutes for them, and they didn't really replace him other than with Mitchell, who is a rookie. I know he has awesome defensive highlights, but he's still going to be a rookie. Um, they have Tristan Thompson and Alex Lynn. They signed all the centers in the world, despite bringing back Rashawn Holmes. I don't know, man. I, I think that I okay. I'll just say it. This is my best bet in the West. Under on the Kings. Let's go. I love it. 
36 and a half. And listen, I actually like Kings fans. Like I have, I, I do too. Just a, I kind of, I kind of hope they win. Uh, yeah. Tony Just and Greg. And, yeah. I, I wish I kind of hope I'm wrong, but I don't see why they're supposed to be like notably no. better than last year. No. And this number is notably better than last year. I, I don't really get it. So under go Kings. Make us look silly. Um, I, you know, I, again, <laughs> and this is, this is my thing. Like, I, I hope I'm wrong about, all of these unders, I really do. It's impossible for me to, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're. T- I hope if you're a fan of not the Hawks listening to this, I hope your team is better than I think they are. But I, uh, sorry, it's the Kings, man. Yeah, I, I don't want. I don't want to make it that simple, but um, there is a little bit of Kingsness here, and you know they have some good players. Dang. They, they do. Have they some do. Players. I like Fox. Rishon Holmes, I thought should have gotten more money in free agency, and somebody else should have signed him. I, I agree. Yeah, Charlotte. I mean, the, the only the only caveat. I, I, I kind of don't, don't even want to say this. I, I think Ooh. I think Tyrese Halliburton is overrated right now, and I like Tyrese. Hey. I've always liked Tyrese Halliburton. That's the thing that makes me sad is that I've always kind of loved him as this like super role player prospect, but now he's like being talked about like he's going to be a star, and I don't I don't understand yeah. why. Like he's just yeah. the guy he was always supposed to be. And I think it's that Correct. thing that we talked about forever is like a guy has a great rookie season, you just expect him to be taking the next two steps. And I think Tyrese Halliburton is just going to be a really awesome like, role, role player guard. It's not. So not that's not to say that this is a bet against Halliburton, but like th- they only have six, seven guys I trust on this roster, if that. Mm-hmm. Long story short, uh, Kings under for me. Best yeah. bet on the West on my side. That. Um, all right, a couple more to go here and we'll get out of here on the West side. Uh, San Antonio. This is a weird one. The Spurs... Yep. Uh, number is 30 and a half which is so low it's like so low they've not been this bad in 25 years um mm-hmm. but you look at the roster and like they lose demar Derozan. no matter what you think about demar he was a huge part of their offense yes. um you lose rudy gay uh you lose hawks legend gorgie jang you lose patty mills who has been good for a long time um yes. they brought in alfred camino and then cut him today um they sure did they have Bryn forbes back i do i do love fad young love me some fat oh saint thaddeus uh, but the question is, like, can the Spurs score at all? Because I think defensively they're going to be pretty good. But they are going to be good. Can is this like a bottom five offense? I think it probably is. Like they don't have anybody that can it, score. It might not be great. Um, I'm currently we're currently working. You can stay tuned for this on Dime on Uprocks. Derek White cover story. Um, go, go Derek White. He's going to have to be good. He's going to have to be really good. Uh, him and Dejounte are going to have to find ways to be. Uh, more assertive, more aggressive, because look, a lot of that offense has been throw it to LaMarcus or throw it to DeMar and let them cook in the half court. And they're going to be a lot. Fa- I think the the thing that gives me some encouragement about their offense is that defense is going to be really good. And they have the athletes this year to get out and run and take advantage of when they can get stops and get turnovers uh, and do that. that and sense. that is going to, that buoys a bad half court offense. I agree. I think they're going to, they, they very well could be bottom five half court offense in the league. Um, but I, part of my problem is I like a lot of the Spurs players. Like well, I like Derek. And they still White. have like Pop. Like Pop's not maybe the guy he used to be. Right. Like in terms of like best guy in the league, but I think Pop's still a good basketball coach. He's still a good like basketball coach. Help them. I like Keldon Johnson a they lot. I, I like, you know, fell I, too far. Uh, like Jakob Pertle underrated defender especially agreed um 
maybe Lonnie Walker can take a step. That would be big. I think I'm, that's. I'm, I'm actually not a Lonnie guy, but I agree. I, he, he I, well, again, I think he's kind of the X factory type guy where like he swings this. I lean over. I think this was closer to like 29 earlier. Yeah, it's gone up a little come bit. Up, uh, it might have been 28 and a half, and I liked it obviously a lot more at two wins lower. Um, if you could give me a prop on like Spurs versus Pelicans at like plus 200, I would take Spurs. Uh, yeah. I can see that. Like, I, I, mean, need, I would need some serious. I need some serious juice, like one eighty yeah, for sure. One eighty, two hundred. Need some juice, but like, there are outcomes where they're a thirty-four win team. Oh yeah. Like I don't think. Like, here's my question: Are they five games worse than Minnesota? No. Okay. I mean, I don't think so. Obviously, Minnesota has a lot more either. offensive talent, but I think I when agree, you factor in defense, kind of opposite, about defense, yeah. I mean, the Spurs. I'm not going to be fun to watch necessarily, but oh, good, good lord, no! I think that you know this is a team that won in like a 38, 39 win clip last year. Yes, they lose Demar, but Demar being gone helps their defense. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's for me this is essentially can the Spurs not be terrible on offense? Because if they're not terrible on offense, they're going to win more. They're going to win more than thirty games. Yeah, Um, they're just going to be a really solid defensive team. And like I said, I think their ability to get up and down the floor this year, which just wasn't something you could do a lot with DeMar and LaMarcus. Oh, yeah. Is an opportunity to mitigate what could be a disaster. And I just, I'm a believer in Murray and White being able to take a step forward. I don't necessarily know if there's a leap there. But I like both of those guys, I, and I, and I kind of like what I've seen from them in terms of being more assertive and being willing to be like, okay, like Demar has gone, we've got to do some stuff, uh, we've got to be able to create our own shots now, and I, I think it's going to be better than it was from those two. I I still don't think this half court's going to be pretty at all, but you know, like Doug McDermott gives you some spacing, like he's he was a nice pickup, Thad Young for however long he's on the team crafty knows where he's supposed to be knows how to just kind of get great defender great defender and a spectacular defender i I, thad young should get moved at the deadline to a contender that needs him um like that's a guy that if you need a four you're you're looking at i think that's that's a guy that a team like philly um a team like miami those teams are going to be looking at yeah um who knows about Thad Young, but I do think that all else fails, I'm leaning over on the Spurs. Uh, I don't know if it's like a best bet for me at, because of my offensive concerns with them, but uh, I could not take the under on them. Not, not a chance. So no. give me the over on 30 and a half on San Antonio. And last, uh, the Utah Jazz, who were the best team in the league last season, the regular season. Like they were uh, completely lights out. They won. They were 52 and 20. They also had a 66 win point differential. 66 yeah. win they were out of their minds on both ends of the floor um yeah. this is a high number at 53 and a half but given where they were last year it almost yeah. seems like disrespectfully low <laughs> to me yeah. uh I, I would go over on utah just because of the regular season cohesion that they have it seems like we're on the same page there i mean if anything yeah. are they better on paper i mean i don't know about derek derek favors was not great for them last no. season um you bring in Rudy Gay, give him a little bit of a different look. 
Um, I like Rudy Gay. I like that addition. Like, yeah, I think that's fairly interesting. Uh, you have yeah. Jared Butler around as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's a rookie, but probably better than usual rookie. I don't like the I don't like the Hassan Whiteside thing. Him being there kind of scares me, <laughs> just and such. Uh, but I would take the over pretty solidly on Utah. I mean, I would, yeah, this is this is a, this is an actual take for me. Um, like you said, it feels disrespectful. The best team in the league. I mean, it's is it the highest They're number? I think the... it's the second highest number of anybody behind Brooklyn. I want to say, yeah, Brooklyn yeah. and Milwaukee are right there as well. Yeah, okay, so they're the highest number in the West is Utah, but they're still behind Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And honestly, you could make a real argument that Utah should have the highest over under, given that the re- again playoff stuff put aside. Yes. This, that, that, that does not matter right now. Regular season only. Utah's really good in regular season. Yeah. So. I... All their questions. This okay. Th- they are where the Bucks were a year, two years ago. Where like I just expect them to win fifty-eight to sixty-two games in the regular season, and then it's what can you do in the playoffs? Can you figure out how to shake these demons that you seem to have, and this situation where your best players get played out of? what they do best and Jan's figured it out. Jan's is a better basketball player than Rudy Gobert by a lot, but can you figure out in the playoffs how to make it tenable? That's not, that's not what the regular season win total is about though. The regular season win total is about, can you win game? And we know they can, they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly how to execute it. And they're, even when guys miss time, they're fine. They just plug somebody else in, they motor on, they keep winning. I I don't see how this comes really all that close. Like, okay, what would be the lowest win total for the Utah Jazz that you could reasonably see barring some kind of disaster where Conley, Gobert, and Mitchell all missed 30 games? Um. Yeah, I mean, with, with pretty good health, I think – you talking about worst case scenario? Like uh, worst it's, case, scenario. it's kind of in this range. I mean, right? That's forty nine. You want to be like really, really negative? Worst case feels like fifty one to me. So last year, I mean, Mitchell missed time. That's the thing. They were they were very healthy. They had um, Conley Rudy, missed time too. Yeah, Rudy and Royce O'Neal and Boyan and Joe Ingles and Clarkson all played most of the season, but Conley and Mitchell both missed like twenty games each. Out of right. seventy, out of seventy-two, and they still were able to do this. Like, honestly, if Rudy if Rudy gets hurt, all bets are off. They are so built around him that that's sure. the one concern with an over on Utah is that if Rudy goes down, or both Mitchell and Conley. Like, I, I think that Mitchell's obviously their best offensive player, um, but I think they could actually still be pretty good on offense without Mitchell for a little bit of time. We saw that last year; they, they were able to play yes. at a pretty high level without him. Rudy's the as only long guy as you have Conley, as long as you have Conley and and. Bogdanovich and Cl- I mean Clarkson can score. I mean he's Clarkson, obviously that's uh, your you guy. My guy. That's my guy. Your guy Jordan. It's but, always uh, Jordan Clarkson time. As, as long as Rudy is upright, they're winning. 50, they're winning 50, yes. 50 plus, and I think going over this number. I that's how good he Hammer. is in that setting. Second I, second favorite bet to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Under. I'm, I'm not trying to go full David Locke on you guys. Uh, the proprietor of Locked On Podcast Network, <laughs> who is a very very pro Utah. But I I just don't no. see them going under this number. I really don't, unless something. And again, I mean, I'm not. There, saying, there, there are no locks on this podcast. We're not stupid enough to say that. But we no. we do like. Uh, I like. But I mean, that's that is, like I said, like I think they are in 
the Bucks zone of recent years where the only questions we have are very legitimate playoff questions. But it's, it, it, I have no question about what they can do in the regular season. None. They know how to win. They know how to get a top two seed. Yep. They'll be there again. And if, if they're going to be a top two seed in the West, guess what? They're winning 54 games. Yeah, that's the thing. Even if you like don't think Utah is going to be the number one seed or number two seed, or they could be the three seed, maybe even the four seed and go over. Like if the West actually just like loads up at the top. Like say, for instance, you really believe in the Lakers and you believe in Phoenix. Utah can win 54 games and be the three seed. Like that's definitely possible. So uh, I'm not saying it's like, it's not, it's not my best bet. As we talked about before, like I like the Kings under, I like, we like, okay. C's under I like, we like the Spurs over. I think I probably have Utah like in that same range. Like it's like the Spurs over like one of my, you know, third or fourth favorite bets in the West, but I do like the over on the jazz. All right, Robbie, Fantastic. anything else you want to add on the West? And we're, we're going to come back and do the East at some point in the near future. We will record that, but uh, this was fun. We tried to fly through. I tried to give people a little bit of a taste. We could, Listen, we could probably go twice as long because it's you and I, nice. but Keep, keep it moving. Any, anything to plug? The, that was the, that's the tidiest pod we've done. I think that was like an hour and five. Look at we, us. We tried to fly. I'm uh, you proud know, of us. Limited time samples. And uh, I, was, I was writing I was writing, writing posts. The son's just refusing to give DeAndre Ayton money. Now Trust I got, a, do- now I got a dog barking in the background too. We're, we're just, we fully arrived. Yeah, DeAndre yeah, Ayton. That's a- lots of stuff going on with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, people are going to yeah. be, I think there's going to be lots of takes on that in the coming days, but yeah. Uh, fortunately, the Hawks locked up their star. Huh? Sure uh-huh. did. Sure did. No, and as we're recording this, we actually don't, we actually don't know about Kevin Herter, but Trey, Trey Young got done within like the first uh, few hours of, of the uh, extension window. Trey, so. Trey, Trey Young was done uh, maybe before it was supposed to be done. Yeah, I'm sure that was probably the case. But anyway, Ravi, please plug yourself, anything you got going on, and then we'll come back and do part two. Yes, indeed. Uh, I, you can find me at R. Callen. You can find our work at dime on up rocks uh yeah i mean that's that's what we're doing if you're if you're a connoisseur of the uh football gambling space the college <laughs> football gambling space you can find the punt cast wherever you listen to podcasts with myself tom Fernelli, and chip patterson as my illustrious guests each week from cbs sports illustrious indeed uh shots to uh, tom and chip Thank you for doing this, sir. And we'll talk again very, very soon on the Eastern Conference. And of course, we'll spend probably a little bit more time on the Hawks than the rest of the teams in the East because this is a Hawks podcast. But thank you, sir. As for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast. Check out Robbie's stuff everywhere that he posts content. And we'll see you next time.